Welcome. You are listening to the DOD Be There podcast. I'm your host, Jane Dooley. Today, we're discussing addiction with special guest, Dr. Blake Chafee. The DOD Be There podcast is in support of the DOD Be There peer support call and outreach center. Contacting the center is a quick and convenient way to find resources and receive confidential peer support for any type of challenge military life is throwing your way. Be There support is available 24-7, 365 through chat, email, call, or text. For more information, visit us at BeTherePeerSupport.org. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. Blake Chafee. Dr. Chafee is a former Navy psychologist and current vice president of integrated healthcare services at TriWest Healthcare Alliance. Dr. Chafee, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So Dr. Chafee, what does it mean when it's said that someone has an addiction? Well, we say someone's addicted when they have a compulsive need to do something. And by compulsive, we mean really an irresistible um, urge to do something that they find rewarding. um, And they continue to find it rewarding despite negative consequences for their life. Now, you know, we, we all talk about addictive behavior or addictions that we may have, but typically in casual conversation, we're referring to the very low end of addictive behavior. And one of the most common things people talk about now is being addicted to their smartphone. And smartphones are very useful tools. They have very engaging apps, and they can help us be very productive when we use them in a reasonable kind of way. And using our smartphones is rewarding, and it typically makes us feel good because we feel productive or we feel entertained. So that's that's all in the realm of healthy behavior and normal behavior. Um, But if we're constantly checking our, our messaging and our social media, playing games or searching the web in a way that interferes with doing fundamental things in our lives, like being late for work or maintaining our job or maintaining our relationships, you know, then that can you know, cross over into being you know, a more serious addictive behavior and harmful. Um, so you know, when you're urged to, ur- you to use your smartphone or check your messaging is so strong that you can't resist it, or you feel agitated or depressed if you don't, and you can't manage to disconnect, uh, you're beginning to experience what it's like to be addicted. Most of us are not seriously addicted to our smartphones. Uh, Our smartphones aren't the primary focus of our lives. But you can see how it could become extreme. And in extreme cases, you can't think about anything else. From isolated or withdrawn from family relationships or from your friends, you become defensive and you may lie when other people question your behavior. And you need to engage in uh, the addictive behavior more often and frequently in more intense or at higher stakes. People generally think of alcohol and drugs when the topic of addiction comes up, but people can be addicted to other things as well. You've mentioned smartphones. Is that correct? What have you seen in our military community? Yes, that's correct. Um, in substance abuse, like alcohol or drugs, is what people think of, think of most often. But people can be addicted to a wide variety of things, of, of substances, including tobacco, caffeine, or prescription drugs. Addictive behaviors can include things like 
gambling, compulsive eating, uh, compulsive exercise, workaholism, codependency, shopping, we talk about shopaholics, or using the internet, pornography, or sex. The military in general, the military is a subset of the population, and there aren't really any addictions that are exclusive to or specific to the military. And in terms of when I was on active duty, uh, I saw most of the most common uh, sorts of addictive behavior, uh, alcohol, drugs, gambling, and tobacco use, and caffeine uh, were probably the, the most frequent ones. So what can people do if they're concerned about themselves, a family member, or a friend? Well, first of all, I'd, I'd earlier mentioned the isolation that involved, that's involved with addictive behavior. So breaking that isolation and reaching out, communicating, talking to other people is a, is a major first step. You can seek help from a supervisor, talk with a chaplain or a mental health professional, talk with your doctor, use online resources, things like Military OneSource, the Military Veterans Crisis Line, the Be There Call and Outreach Center. You can keep an open dialogue with whoever it is that you're concerned about, if it's you know, someone other than yourself. And you know, in your own life, try to promote healthy alternatives for coping with stress in general. Things like exercise, social behavior, things that, uh, that you find rewarding and you find pleasurable. So you mentioned some of the um, resources that are available. Do you know of other programs that are out there? And do each of the services have their own programs? Yes. Uh, each of the service branches uh, has their own substance abuse program and programs for dealing with addictive behavior. Uh, they, call, they may call them a, uh, a little different in each case. For example, the Marine Corps uh, calls theirs the Marine Corps Substance Abuse Program. So does the Army. The Army calls theirs the Army Substance Abuse Program. Uh, the Navy's is the Navy Alcohol and Drug Abuse Prevention Program. And the Air Force has a program that they call Air Force Alcohol and Drug Abuse Prevention and Treatment, or ADAPT, program. In addition, for family members, uh, there are services available through the TRICARE program for veterans. Uh, the VA, uh, Veterans Affairs Department, has uh, substance abuse programs. And then there are always 12-step programs available in the community, uh, free of charge, things like Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, or Gamblers Anonymous. Thank you. Thank you. What would you tell a service member or family member, um, maybe somebody who's listening here today, what would you say to someone who is afraid to ask for help? Well, uh, first and foremost, that reaching out for help is the most important thing they can do. Being afraid to, to reach out for help is part and parcel of, uh, of the problem. So getting communication established with someone um, and not denying that you have a problem is the first step in overcoming it. You need to just in general be observant and proactive in managing your own behavior. You're looking at what are you doing and are you doing things in moderation or are you doing something, getting, getting to uh, extremes in some particular aspect of, of your life. Try to adapt healthy alternatives for coping with stress, like I mentioned before previously. Things like exercise and, and socialization, as opposed to some of the, the less adaptive uh, methods of stress management, like alcohol, 
or you know, substance abuse, you know, tobacco or caffeine. Be assertive about confronting someone that you're concerned about and do it as soon as you, as soon as possible, as soon as your concern reaches a level that you feel like you need to do something. Uh, there are very good resources available on the internet now through programs like Military One Source, the Military Crisis Line, uh, Be There, the Be There Call and Outreach Center, and the Marine Corps, the De-Stress Line. So getting, you know, reaching out, reaching out to someone you're concerned about or reaching out for help yourself is step number one and it's the most important. Dr. Chafee, thank you. Thank you for all this valuable information and for your time today. We really appreciate you being here with us today. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to the DOD Be There podcast. Contact the Be There Peer Support Line at 844-357-PEER. That's 844-357-7337. Follow us on Facebook at Be There Peer Support and on Twitter at DOD Peer Support. You can also visit us at our website, BeTherePeerSupport.org.